everybody's mad at us because it's been too negative. So I want to try to be more positive. Everybody's tired of us beating up on Russ. <clears throat> and I want to try to be uh, kind of a more positive environment for him in this one. I don't, and this isn't for the show, obviously. This is just to, like us talking. I just want to be nicer to mm-hmm. everybody's like, enough with the negativity about Rush Fresh Tech. Yeah. They're happy with it. They love us tearing up the games. Yeah. Uh, the, and, the, and the one note we've gotten is like, if we could do like a like a really thick British accent when we say mean shit about the video games, for some reason, just people like that better. But, yeah. the, but the negative stuff about Russ is, yeah, it's getting a little excessive. So I do want to say, Russ, that your muscles look so fucking big, dude. Yeah. When you decided to start doing this show shirtless, I was like, a, a little bit of gog, I guess would be the word. I don't want a gas. Mm. No, a garst, kind of halfway between the yeah. two. But now I, I think it brings a really cool energy. I will say it, it's very difficult to frame delts on a zoom call yeah. like it's yeah. really difficult but i, I think yeah I well it. the rule of thirds is 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 difficult to follow when your delts uh, occupy like a good fifth yeah. of your body mass. it's tough i miss seeing your eyes i haven't seen your eyes for four months <laughs> beautiful eyes beautiful exquisite eyes oh, thank you i mean you need glasses so <laughs> griffin god damn it we barely oh, made it just already literally all of us are wearing glasses right now well, Justin's wearing gun arse. That's that's <laughs> where my scorn should really be directed. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you, everybody t- take a turn on these gun arse and protect my sight. I wear the gun arse so I don't have to wear glasses like you guys. I wear these by choice so I'm not forced to wear them later in life when I'm in my twilight years like you all. <laughs> sure. I may be the oldest person on this call. You definitely are. My name is Justin McElroy, and I know the best game of the week. My name is Griffin McElroy, and I know the best game of the week. My name is Christopher Plant, and I know the best game of the week. My name is Russ Frostick, and I know the best early access game of the week. Welcome to the Besties, where we talk about the latest and greatest in home interactive entertainment. Uh, these these bad boys have come a long way since Pac-Man. This is not... Uh, if you've been peering over your ne- nephew's shoulder and seeing a lot of characters that look like people, mm. and uh, it's not the bleeps and bloops that we remember from our childhood, uh, and we just want to cover that transition into this modern era of, I guess, video games. Uh, and this week we're going to be talking about Rogue Legacy 2. So there was a whole other one of these uh, that people are apparently loved. Uh, but this is 2 we're talking about, the second one. Now I want, can Justin keep this character up for the entire, <laughs> no, the entire that, that will really, that will really seal the deal on no season two of Bestest. <laughs> um, Chris, you want to tell us what this game's all about? Yes. Today we're talking about Rogue Legacy 2. It is from Cellar Door Games, and it is a roguelike. It's a 2D platformer uh, that, you know, it's kind of like Castlevania. If you died and lost everything and then had to restart again uh, and make your way through. The difference between it and roguelikes like Spelunky, the best game ever created, is that uh, as you go through the game, you can acquire money, which you can use to unlock uh, health upgrades or new character classes. And you can also uh, find new abilities like a dash move, which helps you get further in the castle. That that, that sounded about right. Yeah, that sounds about right. Good work. It's pretty good. And uh, we're going to get into the discussion, but I, I thought there was more. There's so much to discuss. We're going to talk about more, though. Uh, I'm anxious to do it, but first, we're going to take a quick break. You go get a phone. You just want a phone. Talk to your friends and family. You're not asking so much. Then you get these contracts, and you get ripped off because you got all this fine print, little details, and all of a sudden, they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech. You know, the contract may sound good uh, up front, but there's always some sort of catch. You know who's not going to do that to you? I can pull that nonsense. Mint Mobile. Their wireless plans. There is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You want to pay hundreds of dollars for, like, literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or do you want to have a nice, 
easy solution save some put the bucks back in your pocket pay 15 bucks a month say bye to your overpriced wireless plans jaw-dropping monthly bills the unexpected overages sound familiar to get this new customer offer and get your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month go to mintmobile.com slash besties that's mintmobile.com slash besties cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties additional taxes fees and restrictions apply see mint mobile for details damn it you guys were watching me you knew that sneeze was coming Mm -hmm. and then you all were i had an audience and it didn't come out god that sucks wow Mm -hmm. it's gonna be haunting me the entire day (laughs) um rogue legacy 2 i i want to start off with a quick temperature check Rogue Legacy one. How deep in the paint did you all did you all go? I went hard on multiple platforms well. a lot. I played it on PC when it was like just first coming out and still kind of early. I played it again on PC when it was finally out, and I just put it again like six months ago on Switch. Like that many times I've played through this game, so I really adore the first game. I even bought it on iOS, and as I was like looking at it in the App Store, I was like. This isn't gonna feel right. This is this this tight action platformer is not gonna feel right on a phone. But I still bought it anyway because I love this game. It has a, I am a sucker for like a really good progression loop, and it is hard to find one that is more sort of like viscerally satisfying and rewarding than than Rogue Legacy. And also Rogue Legacy, I feel like came out in this. Uh, really like this zenith for maybe not zenith but like when roguelikes were becoming a extremely like standardized genre and it was the first one that i can remember that didn't frustrate the hell out of me because it had a really good head on its shoulders when it came to like uh ongoing progression that you did not lose when you died the smartest thing about their loop and i don't think uh, the progression loop and i don't think anybody has done this better uh, other people probably mimicked it, but there were a lot of inexpensive upgrades like, you know, boost your health some, boost your attack some, uh, increase your magic, whatever. A lot of inexpensive upgrades. And then you kind of hit an invisible plateau where like when you finished uh, uh, buying stuff in town and you go back in the dungeon, you lose all your money. So you have to start doing better to start getting more mm-hmm. money to get the better upgrades. It's not force it's not forcing your hand, but there comes a certain point where you're just not making enough if you do badly in a run. You just don't make enough to buy anything. Yeah. So all that money goes to waste and you have to do a little bit better to get the money to for the next upgrade. And by that point in the game, you've played a lot because it takes a while to get to that point. So you actually have the experience required to do better because you fought all these enemies before. Um so it actually like loops back in on itself, which is, I think, from a game design standpoint, just genius. I, I really adore the first game. There are a ton of genius things. The The castle is randomized every time you play. There are four different sections, and I don't want to spend more time talking about the first game than we do the game we are actually supposed to be talking about. But you can also uh, sacrifice some of the money on your next run and lock the castle down mm-hmm. so that it will not be randomized. So then you get to choose, like, am I going to do... Uh, a gold farming run? Am I gonna do a progression run where I actually try to take some bosses down? It, it, it is a it is a fucking amazing game, and if you have not played it, even if you're not a fan of the roguelike genre, you owe it to yourself because it is a it is a hallmark game, I feel like. So I was very much looking forward to Rogue Legacy 2, and I think it is... I was really looking forward to this discussion because I think it's really interesting where it is at. And it is so important, I think, to frame this as like this is an early access game. This is not the the finished product, but um, in a lot of ways, it's evolving over Rogue Legacy. Um, the first one had a, a sort of pseudo retro art style. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a much more hand drawn. It kind of reminds me of like Behemoth mm. uh, games. The Castle Crashers people or Alien Hunter. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, thank you. It's been a while. They're not quite as uh, uh, ubiquitous. For, uh, yeah, thank you. Um, the traits, which are the things that sort of make each run feel different, most of which are sort of negative. Some are, I would guess, neutral, and a few are actually positive. Uh, there's a lot more of those. I think they're more fully realized. 
and I don't remember if you did you get the gold boost for you did hard not. ones? No, okay, that so was that's a new that's thing. A brilliant, brilliant thing. I think Russ, you wrote about it for Polygon. Yeah. This, um, so there's basically a new mechanic. It's actually something that they experimented with just a tiny bit with the first game. Basically, the really bad, annoying, super annoying traits from the first game. For example, Vertigo. Uh, you basically have to play upside down. And that's miserable. No one wants to fucking play upside down. It's awful. So what they did was to encourage people to like give themselves a little challenge, they'll give you a little boost in the amount of money that you make. So that they only did that for Vertigo in the first game. Now they've applied that to all of the traits where like the really bad ones in this game, for example, the like most basic one I can describe, you only get one hit point. So if you get hit, you're dead. That's it. That one's wild though, because you get like a 100% gold Boost. Right, you get well, it's actually 150 last I checked. So you get an enormous gold boost. So if you can do really well and dodge all of the attacks, which is possible, I've done pretty good runs using that. Um, you'll make a ton of money. So they, what that allows them to do is basically rebalance the entire game around those bonuses, so they can put in really shitty traits, but reward you a ton for using them, and it actually makes it like a lot more interesting. I do want to mention. Because Justin was sort of getting into it, but I want to talk specifically about the early access aspect of this game because it's very important that people understand early on how much is in this versus how much is not in this. Um, I think a lot of people use early access as like kind of a shorthand for like, well, you know, the game's out in three months, but early access. I think Fortnite was in early access for like three years or something like that. It covers an enormous range now, early access. Yeah, in this case, it is maybe the most true example of early access I've ever experienced in a video game because uh, Griffin mentioned there were three or, sorry, there were four biomes in the first game. There's really just one, you can visit two in this build, but there's really just one that is like fully complete. There's like uh, very few, uh, maybe like, a quarter, if not less, of the like number of upgrades you can get. There's very little armor to get. The game feels very early. There, and they haven't shied away from this. The logic from the developers is basically, when we first made the game, there was so much community feedback, so they ended up having to do like a bunch of like post-launch changes, and now they're basically integrating that into the development cycle. So the next for the next year, they're going to be doing these updates based on community feedback of what they're seeing in the build. But again, the build is extremely early, which I'm sure is going to apply to a lot of the stuff that comes up in this discussion. And to talk about that idea of community feedback, I'm not sure where I feel where I land on this uh, ethically. I don't know if that's the right phrase for it, but it feels a little like they're using um, this as a QA opportunity. And I don't mean that in the Bethesda, the game is broken mm. sense of quality no, assurance. Yeah. I mean that in, you mentioned the the money rewards, like for like, I, I, I hate to call some of them bad challenges because some of the challenges are good. They're good challenges. And some of them are, truly bad as in they're they're annoying and not fun um but the the challenge balance is so strange like there's one where i think you can't collect any health items and you get 50 percent coin boost which is a lot like you can really go ham on those runs and there's ones where you can't even see your own character it's just blurred like 10 feet on both sides and that one is a 10 percent coin boost mm-hmm. and, and it's like wait what like this is so much more challenging and i'm barely getting rewarded for it and i i'm not i'm not again i want to be clear i'm not complaining about it i think that is the way they see this development cycle working is hey here is a game that's going to require tremendous amounts of balancing mm-hmm. um right and we are a small studio There's no way we can test this. The best opportunity for us is to create effectively a very clean build. That's the weird thing. You mentioned, you know, this is early access. I've played plenty of early access games where they're like literally not playable. Yeah. And this is playable. It's just not balanced. And again, this is not a slight against it as much as it is like an interesting observation of like scale. It feels more like a uh, a demo than an early access, mm. Uh, mm. which like I know it's going to be fleshed out, but like it does the very small amount that is there does feel finished and it feels like it feels all right. Yeah. But just just to like I, I, I feel like they have earned a decent amount of credit with their with their first game and how, you know, much they they polished it up and listened to community feedback and, and did the work. And I just saw that they just tweeted that they were going to remove the like blur based mm. Uh, visual options because oh, yeah. they were like actually giving people really bad headaches. Oh, crazy! Yeah, 
Uh, so like that's one very good example of of uh, yeah. and and honestly like that is good because I would say uh, too many of the like traits are you can't see super good and that's like not uh, it's not the most interesting choice I don't think when you're in the cycle of development uh, and you, when you've been working on this game I think they've been working on this game for a few years now when you're in that cycle I think it's very difficult to look outside of yourself and say hey, this is something that's not fun or this is unbalanced. Like, right. you need that external support. Now, Now, studios, like, you know, huge studios like Activision, et cetera, w- ha- as Plant said, have a QA team that they can sort of rely on. You know, I know there's some complexity here with regards to like, should you be charging people for something that's this early? And that's really, you know, I think it would, I would be more concerned about it if they weren't so explicit in terms of what's in the build, which they are. But yeah, I mean, it's it's early. I think it's kind of interesting from that perspective. I don't think I've ever felt like a QA tester in the way that I do playing this. And I feel like it's an interesting insight into game development that, and I don't know, I've never made a game, so this is absolutely my own perspective as an outsider. Well, you made, you made Justin McRoy's Cool Skater mm. um, back in 1999. <laughs> Um, yeah, for you remember the, that uh, one for the th- for the uh, for the 3D. It was actually the last 3D game that came out. <laughs> no, but it. I think that like it, it's a miracle that all the things work. And then I feel like the fun is a razor's edge that you probably get to right at the end. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that's like the last thing that you do is like, and now it's fun. Okay, print it. And I think that you're just before that point in Rogue Legacy Two. I want to play a very quick clip. It's from the uh, hit film Super Bad. Uh, where Michael Sarah <laughs> is playing the getaway Black Monday, okay, and he dies is a 10 second clip. There's something about that I have, I love this little reaction that he has, and I have uh, it has been it has come to my mind so many times um, uh, while I'm playing this game. I'll play it for you real quick, don't talk. And again, he has just died in the game, uh, the getaway Black Monday. Fuck me, I can't. That's fun. Why do they make that? If you can't even win, then why, why am I fucking playing? Do you want to go see what my dad has? <laughs> so that that, that <laughs> moment of like, well, that's fun. Why do you make that if, you, if I can't win? Why am I playing? <laughs> there, there are just these moments in the game where it feels like, well, do you want me to have fun? Are you, try, are you trolling me? Like, does it, I'll tell you the one, the, the one thing to me that is a big change from Rogue Legacy, and I don't think it's quite there, and I think it's interesting because I would be shocked if it remains the way it is. There is, There are two, they're called heirlooms in the game. I'm assuming there'll be more at some point. There are these heirlooms where as you're going through the, the level randomly, again, because it's randomly generated, sometimes you will find these, they're very Metroid-like statue holding a thing, and it's like you have to complete this challenge to get the thing that they're holding, right? Mm. One is the power of empathy uh, and one is the power of momentum. And I don't know power of empathy. I've, I have yet to uh, actually finish it. <laughs> power of momentum though, if you finish this pretty difficult challenge, it gives you the sprint, which dash. is sort of like an air, a dash, yeah. which is like an air dash. Or, you know, dash in on level, but you can dash the air, which is like basically an essential tool, <laughs> right? And the problems with this are twofold. One is they're randomly generated. You don't always find them. You only find, you know, at most you'll find one. Sometimes neither are there. And they're randomly generated. And also you may not have a build that is conducive to actually like beating the challenge. I had a couple of builds with traits that made it like basically impossible. What's an example? Because I, I'm like a low health build is like not conducive for what is essentially like a pretty challenging platforming challenge where if you screw up a couple times as a mage, you're boned. But if you're playing a barbarian with like, you know, quintupled the health pool. Oh, I mean more literally than that. I had one, one, uh, there's one challenge where you're there, uh, spikes just above your head to make it so that you don't jump and they're trying to teach you to dash, right? right? And I had, I forget what the thing is called, gigantism, oh, yeah. which made me so tall that I was immediately getting hit by spikes. <laughs> <laughs> like that, that is one of those like, well, that's fun. Why do you even make it that way if you don't want me to? And then when you die on those, it's like 
triple frustrating because like how long till I find it mm. again? How uh, what build will I have when I do find it again? And will I actually finish it the next time? And also what I think is like even worse about it is like the dash is an essential move, right? And I had been playing for probably six hours or well, probably four hours when I unlocked it. And by that point, like my rhythms were such that I wasn't instinctually reaching for it. It's like an essential part of this tool set that every character mm. has. And yet I, I wasn't thinking in terms of like, oh, I've got my dash. I should use that. And I had to build that up. I would be, uh, and and if you guys got power of empathy, love to oh. know what that is. <laughs> uh, I have to, a theory, but yeah, it's yeah. extreme. It's like much much harder than the first one for what it's worth. Like that challenge. Um, but I I like what they're doing, which is. But you're not going to tell me what it is. Okay, uh, I, thank it, you. Wes. You're able to read clues out of runes that are scattered around the world. Like there, there's you can talk to okay. ghosts yeah. and they give you like um, hints about I, hidden shit. I, I think what they're trying to do, and I think it will make it in the final game because I think it is at its core a good idea. But I completely agree that there's polishing to be done. Is as you said, there are certain abilities that everyone should just have. The dash in the first game was not a thing that everyone had. You had to equip the dash as part of your runes for it to even work. So now they're right. saying, no, we're going to say that everyone gets all of these abilities at all times, but you need to do this very difficult challenge to pull to to have it permanently. So like that's a pretty big leap, as you said, in ability like it's it's a big deal. So they I understand them wanting to make it feel like very difficult and a challenge and very satisfying when you finally do it, which I felt. But. It is, I agree, inexcusable to have those challenges be unbeatable if, for example, you have gigantism and can't fit your body. If your body too big. Your body yeah. too big. <laughs> what, what I think they'll do with it, I suspect, and I could have sworn this happened with one of my abilities in a challenge, is they'll just turn off all the tweaks. That you'll just have a normal build, like a blank slate build when you go into that challenge. Yeah, like, that seems like the very yeah. obvious fix. Um Anyway, the the thing that I, I did want to say uh, about this, like, is it fun? Is it not? If you are curious about how a game evolves mm. and, like, how development works, of all the early access games, this is the one. Like, because yeah. At, yeah. At, at, at the end of the day, if you play the, the main, like, the first build, the general sword knight build, yeah. and you play through the, the first stage, this is Rogue Legacy 1.5. It's extremely polished. It is very fun. Um, and then if you want to venture out into the unknown, that's also yeah. an option. The If you want to play as the archer or the mage or the other um, characters, the barbarian. which are, yeah, yeah. Are, are not balanced really at all, that's cool. Like, it's still fun. It will infuriate you on mm -hmm. some level. You will have much more of the super bad reaction. But the, the cool thing about this is... The game is actually playable. It is largely good and enjoyable. And knowing that, it makes it easier for me to go kind of screw around with all the weird stuff. I mean, like, whatever. Like, yeah, it's, it's a little broken, but I'm, I'm very curious to see how it evolves literally the next time I turn this on. The, the archer's cool. The archer has a cool class talent where if you press uh, Y uh, anywhere he'll create a floating platform, which I don't think I've ever seen for like an archer mm. type class, but that makes it really neat because you can, you can like get a, a good angle on a, uh, on a battle sometimes. I, I also picked the archer. I, I had to get used to the archers like bow and arrow. It's kind of cool. It will like hang you in the air for a second. Yeah. If you like try and shoot it in the air and you have to like manually aim it, uh, in, in 360. Uh, and that, that takes some getting used to, but it's pretty powerful. But the reason I played the archer was for that ability because, uh, I, I, in, I enjoyed Rogue Legacy 2, but I, I'm probably not going to come back to it until I see a patch note that says like the number, the sheer number of environmental hazards has been reduced because <laughs> it's, it's, it's out, it is, uh, it's out of control. Please, please. But there are, there are trap rooms this time where like there's a little board on the floor that you can jump down through. And sometimes you jump down through those and there's action and adventure and intrigue and mystery <laughs> and fun. And sometimes you jump down there and it's just spikes. <laughs> And or like you jump down there and there's like a wall of flame chests that are going to hit you in one second if you don't jump the fuck out of there really fast. And that's fun. Never times zero times. Yeah. Uh, and it's so frustrating because you get on a good run where you have a good build and you're getting like lots of gold and you're finally working your way towards like some big expensive upgrade you want. And then you run into one of those and it's like, ah, gosh. But it, again, like that is the exact type of thing that I feel like is 
just primed for tweaking and yeah, you know, just, to, just delete some spikes. I just wanted to just to mention to put a pin in it. The um, if you go to the main screen of Rogue Legacy Two, they actually have the patch notes like right there on the giant main screen with all the changes. And I just went through after playing like for four or five hours. I just went through and scrolled back because they even have stuff that was even before it was released to the public. Oh, interesting. And you can really, it's amazing how much they've changed. Uh, they talk at one point they talk about the barbarian specifically because it was underpowered. So they like jacked the damage up way ahead of where it was. And they're like, well, it might be overpowered, but it's super fun. So maybe we'll just leave it this way. And that's honestly <laughs> the sort of thing that I think you're going to see over time. So it'll, I think it'll be really interesting to see yeah. how this game evolves. It, and it is very cool to have the opportunity. Um, if you're somebody who is interested in game development, I would say, and I don't want this to sound like homework. It's, it's a fun video game, but like there's interesting things like uh, I got a big kick out of coming to a bridge and they're like, now normally this is going to go to a different yeah. place, but we didn't build that. place. <laughs> yeah. So you can go, you can go look around if you want. Cause it's, there's not, I mean, there's not a lot there. We're, done, we're making it, but here's just a note from us to you. And I really felt this weird sense of being like in it with them yeah. at that moment. Like, okay. If you cross the bridge, you can actually see one of the developer's arms just like in the frame for a second. Like, <laughs> right. oh, oh, like no, they fucking saw Harold with the purple crayon yeah. just like <laughs> scribbling the world in <laughs> as you're jumping. Um, but it, it's a, I, I don't know. It's, I have, I will say this. I did not have a, a huge amount of fun playing it i thought it was a lot more interesting than fun at this point i have zero doubt that it will terminate in a extremely polished you know addictive fun well-realized final product like i have no i have no doubt about it and the question of whether or not they should release it at this point i think really comes down to personal responsibility like if you want it's your money. No one's forcing you to do it. And they have been very upfront about what it is. I think there's a lot of games where, like, if I could pay now, I'd love to dip in and see what's going on. Um, and I think that that's, you know, if you're down for that, then, I, you know, I think it's it's absolutely worthwhile. Because I don't know that you'll get a lot of opportunities like this, honestly. Yeah. I, I have one more thing that I want to hit, just because I love that this is happening in video games. This is a game that is not about politics, that is deeply political, and I love uh, how much it just goes for it. Not even that I agree with its politics, I, I largely do, but uh, there was a great piece on the outline maybe a year ago about how all video games are inherently political, and how like you just are so used to it, because every time you play a shooter, you're like, whatever, military-industrial complex. It's just what it is. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm just I'm just here for it, baby. Um, and this game with its traits, I mean, I think like the one of the very first ones you unlock is healthcare. Is and universal it's like, healthcare? Yeah, yeah, and it's called like universal healthcare. And when you unlock it, just this big banner pops up, and it's like, "Welcome to the future. Your kingdom has <laughs> decided to tax the rich to care for the poor. A contentious decision for sure. But let's see how it pans out." And it's like, I, I again, like I just like that games are recognizing that they're made by human beings who have the freedom to not just have generic like congratulations plus one to health like you can just say whatever it is you're feeling you're an indie studio swing for the fences (laughs) there is one trait that does nothing that uh just says you're um the trait is just fmf fan and that is a reference to full metal furies which is the last game they made between Rogue Legacy 1 and Rogue Legacy 2. And the trait just says, uh, Full Metal Furies fan, uh, you have great taste, you are probably Korean. Because <laughs> I guess that's where the audience for the game is. Uh, sorry, I, um, I wanted to share one more. Uh, the Living Safe, which uh, the banner is Welcome to Offshore Banking. And it says, Before being transmogrified, the Living Safe hid money for the rich to keep from the poor. Dot, dot, dot. Now that he's on your side, he doesn't seem so bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. No, I think it's fa- I think it's fascinating. And I think that if you, you know, I, I think it's, it, if you're in for it at all, you know that already. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you know already if this is, like, going to be your your thing. Um, but I, I think it's, I, I, I honestly think it's cool that they're giving people the opportunity. Because th- that's the other thing is there's a cost to... Obviously, they're charging people money, but there's a cost to getting a game into a state where you're comfortable opening the doors to the public. Like, I, w- I would imagine it's sort of like 
you know, sealing off the 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 the, the corners. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, like rounding off the corners just so it's like not Fucking dangerous for people to come again. in. Jesus Christ! Okay, oh, come on, God. let's take a break. Never mind. Whatever. This is a podcast, and here's a commercial in the podcast. Great questions coming up. This episode of the Best These is sponsored by Aura Frames. All right, so. You know, there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy. I'm sure immediately names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house, but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos, you can do whatever you want, and it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. And they both love their aura frames, and they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now... You can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. Y'all, you already know how much I love our sponsor of the week, Rocket Money. They make it so easy to get your personal finances on track, and especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need. Keep the ones you want, get rid of the rest. Here's how it works. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have and it's worked, which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. That's rocketmoney.com slash besties. Rocketmoney.com slash besties. Do we have any emails? We have so much good mail. We're going to be talking about the roguelike. Y'all, this one is from Dark Honey Dumat. What is every bestie's favorite roguelike? And also keep up the great work. I mean, there's only one uh, answer, right? I mean, Spelunky's going to be at least half of the half of this call's answer, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah right. Um, it's. I mean, it's very good. It's probably. It, it, it's so iconic. It's probably that for me. I can mention like, my number two, which is not Spelunky. What is that? And that is Binding of Isaac. Binding of Isaac is way up there. Really I think. tremendous. Uh, I would say uh, Slay the Spire. If we would count that, yeah, as sure. One. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's its own thing or uh, Dead Cells is, oh, of Dead course, Cells really a fucking classic. Yeah. Juice. I think it's gotten fuzzier because you're seeing the core idea of rogue. I, I think it's sort of what you saw happen to MMOs, where like games that weren't MMOs were adopting sort of the core tenets mm-hmm. of MMOs and sort of like strip mining them. Like I'm playing Griftland still, and that is something that like has roguelike elements. You're like repeating your um your journey and and uh and 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 there's cumulative progression but like it's really more of a deck battling game that just has that in in there um i would say though for me uh it's 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 dead cells um yeah i just don't think it's been been topped missing the 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 best that isn't spelunky 
Prey Mooncrash, one of the best no, games of this generation. Not, we can't, oh I tried it. Game, I forgot no, about your fetish. That game no one likes it. Rules. No. It rules. Ooh, quick plug for FTL though, also. Yeah. Ooh, that's really yeah. close. Good. Between Dead Cells and FTL <laughs> for me. Uh okay, next question. Uh, from Dave. What subgenre do you find to be the most effective for a roguelike? Platformer, a twin stick shooter, turn based combat, etc. I think this kind of gets at what we were all talking about, right? That like it spreads so so far. Yeah, I think a lot of great games have used a lot of different genres to the point where, like, I am not convinced that I could tell you what the best one is. I think we've listed. It's pretty crazy. Like, we've listed five or six games at this point, and all of them had different genres. Binding Isaac's like a shooter, card game, platforming game. Like, what's funny is that none of them are in the style of Rogue, which was a effectively a turn based top down. RPG, um, right? So, like, I don't, I don't know. Do you guys have any thoughts? I honestly think, like, if it's a great game, it kind of doesn't matter. Yeah, I don't think there's a bet. I think there's a way to implement it. Um, I would say that what I like about the the card battling thing, is, like the card based deck battlers, like Grifflands or Monster Train, that have done it, is that it it feels really good to get, like, adding the new cards is a very natural way of. Uh, that progression because it's not necessarily making it easier Mm -hmm. but it is evolving it as you play which i think is a cool yeah i would also add i think it's good for card games because roguelikes traditionally are very tense like when i play spunky or binding of isaac like you really have to be like zoned in on it and for like you know card games uh obviously you could take a break whenever like you just stop at the end of a turn and it's fine and you don't have to like ramp yeah up. you also get, get interesting um opportunities to rebuild mm-hmm. decks so like you get different cards each time you play and that like makes the run feel different uh, uh in in a very organic yeah. way i will say like regardless of the genre if it doesn't have significant enough like carryover like minor boosts that you can do like the um like the the uh, castle upgrades in Rogue Legacy, like I, I I have very little patience for a true 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 rogue. Like even Spelunky, like you can get the upgrades to unlock the like shortcuts or whatever. Um, and without some element like that, like it is hard for me to not feel like I'm just wasting. I my think time. the other uh, the like flip side of that is not necessarily upgrades, but unlocks. So like Binding of Isaac and uh, and uh, Slay the Spire both do this. I'm sure other card games do this. We're like hey, these cards can actually start showing up now, or these items can actually start showing up now, and that mixes things up so you feel like you're progressing. Yeah, I, the, the one thing that I'd add to that is it's not a genre, but just mobile gaming. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I think it has kind of been a perfect genre for mobile games. I think of Zaga 33, A68 Hack, um, yeah, like l- less obscure things like FTL on, on the iPad. But I think there's something about that kind of classic rogue formula where you have time to make your move and then the 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 game reacts to you has worked really 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 well on mobile we're kind of dancing around there's there's a game that we are playing that uh, me and russ and i know justin's picked it up too that we're playing called heroes of hammer watch that i think we're going to stay save for the what else are you playing segment um but i know we're running out of time but that that it is like a really 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 good example of i think a, a, a roguelike game that has enough sort of like ah fuck i lost i lost you know a lot of stuff challenge with the like continual well i am still building this house brick by brick let's dig into that just a little bit more i got one more question for you um and this is from uh joe on twitter uh what single attribute from your current real life would you want carried over if you were able to respawn after death probably just my strength yeah all the work I've done on my muscle tone and, uh, you know, I've been going to Russ's, he, yeah. he calls it the, he calls it the iron church. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I go there, I fly there every week. I know you're not really supposed to be doing that. And well, uh, it's on my jet, you know, so it's fine. It's on Russ's jet that he earned with his muscle money. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's what he calls it. Mm-hmm. His uh-huh. muscle money. And I say like, what does that mean? Do you like pose 
are you like a muscle model? Do you do like muscle contests? Among and he others. like just kind of he just kind of smiles. So like I don't know if I don't know what he's up to, but yeah, I go I fly to his his Iron Church every week, and he has me sort of uh, pick up heavy things, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm huge now, so that'd yeah. be great. Yeah, I would keep my um uh my bad habit of eating my fingernails, not eating them, you know, chewing them off, um because it would keep me humble, you know. Mm. Mm. Yeah, no, I'd want the opposite. I w- I would want my huge body. My <laughs> Juice. Good wiener. <laughs> it's not great, but I made my piece of it. <laughs> I think that that would be nice. I guess the piece I've made with my wiener. <laughs> Jesus. That's what I actually want. The sense of <laughs> acceptance. Uh, I bond mostly with my, uh, with Rogue Legacy 2. There's a, there's a perk that gives you colorblindness, which I have in real life. And I would never want to lose that. Does that make you? Does that make it so you can see color when you play with yeah, that? Yeah, it it's actually it's this <laughs> double colorblindness that comes yeah. back around. Um, my favorite thing in life is when I tell people I'm colorblind and they ask me what color things are, which is definitely something you should do to someone with some sort of deficiency. <laughs> if they want to prod your deficiencies, there are so many That's more interesting accurate. avenues they could go down. <laughs> this is the "Be Nice to Russ" episode, Justin. <laughs> You're right. I you're right. I meant too generous. Uh, <laughs> he works too hard. Real quick, what else are we playing? Here's a hammer watch. Me and Russ have been getting real, real, real deep into it. Plant, did you play this? By the way, I haven't. I haven't played it yet. I've been playing uh, uh, I, it's this little game that you've never heard of called Nier Automata and Spell on Key. Okay. Oh, look, look. I'm appearing. I'm 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 doing a, a, a guest on on another podcast, and they asked me to bring my two favorite games. Uh, here's a hammer watch. It is a roguelite gauntlet game, basically, in the style of gauntlet. Does mm. gauntlet have a, like, genre name? Gauntlet, gauntlet is a, if, if you're not aware, is like a very old school arcade game where there were several different classes. Uh, where you, Isometric action? Isometric I action, I guess, where you shot, yeah. I think it, the original gauntlet was just like four cardinal directions, and you just like go through a top-down dungeon and kill scores and scores of monsters that just kind of flood toward you. You collect keys, open chests, get, you know, treasure, eat meat to get your health back. Like, a lot of that stuff is here in Heroes of Hammerwatch, and there have been a lot of games made in the gauntlet style. Including Hammerwatch. This, Heroes of Hammerwatch is actually a follow-up to a game called Hammerwatch, which I actually think we've talked about on the Besties before many years ago. Um, I don't remember. And that game was a very, I would say not a modern, it's obviously retro-inspired, but like a more modern take on the very core gauntlet style where the levels were set and there was no like real progression system. There was progression, but it was very minimal. And and now Heroes of Hammerwatch is a follow-up to that where basically all these new roguelike and modern mechanics have been added to that formula and yeah i think uh griff and i have just been playing it non-stop it has got my it has got its hooks into me it was it, we're playing it on switch it's been out on pc for like forever and just came out on switch a couple weeks and ago. xbox it's uh, out on xbox as well and xbox it is uh it is really fun it is tight uh mechanically like it feel it, it i didn't expect a gauntlet style game to like feel this good but like when you are in the groove mm-hmm. and like running into a room filled with dozens of enemies and just weaving between bullets and like it it has twin stick shooter appeal i think like once you get into once you get good at it mm-hmm. and you can like be evasive and uh sort of calculated about your approach like it feels really good there's eight different classes i think yeah, and so, they yeah. all have like different ways of like they all have a different feel, which is really impressive. Uh, like you, Justin's been playing Paladin, which is just like you run into a room, you have a dash, you can get up close and tank a few hits. I'm playing as a priest where I can heal my teammates or drop like a, a damaging glyph on the ground. So I want to like pull enemies around a tight corner and just watch them run into my death zone. <laughs> and so like all the classes feel really good, but then it has like an a, a obscene number of progression mechanics uh, where you can collect ore throughout your runs that you use to upgrade your towns, where you can like upgrade a blacksmith to buy more upgrades that are permanent or upgrade your shop where you can buy sort of like one-off item upgrades that you lose when you die or buy a chapel with very, very expensive permanent upgrades or buy like it is very complex and it doesn't do a great job of explaining all that complexity but i feel like once you get into the loop which took me a while to do it is inescapable it is really really what's amazing for a game that's so complex and they've been designing it uh for like several years now is that it seemingly has no audience (laughs) 
Um, nobody's playing this game. You, you can look at the server list of everybody hosting a game on Switch, and it's almost always empty. Like, nobody. What's amazing is that there is one guy who has officially taken on the mantle of, I'm going to teach the world how to play this game better. And his YouTube channel is just filled with videos. And the videos have like 10K views or something like that. But they're all great, like really good deep dives into how this game works. And the fact that this developer, probably a very tiny developer, I would imagine, has like sunk this much time and effort into this like really core, core fan base, um, I think is really great. Like they clearly love what they've made and they've spent a lot of time updating it with various DLCs and stuff like that, which is all included in this pack. Which is to say, help us grow this fan base. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Don't let them be so lonely. They deserve. Now I should mention why I know why the fan base is small. Mm. Um, And Uh (laughs) part of the, part of the thing to keep in mind is that the first chunk of this game, I would say the first few hours are pretty brutal and glacial in the same way that like, you know, when you first start playing Spelunky, you die 60 times on the first level. Mm. Um, you really do like, it, it is very, very slow early on. I would strongly recommend if you can play it in multiplayer, it is really designed with that in mind. I was able yeah. to play it mostly solo, but once Griff and I got into a multiplayer game, it like really started it clicking. It really clicks. Yeah, it, yeah, it's uh, it's fantastic. Hoops. Tell me about Song of Bloom. Song of Bloom is a really interesting little uh, iOS game. Um, I like get, it is very abstract uh, when you. St- it's hard to describe. Also, I guess puzzle would be the the specific genre. But when you start it off, you see this little movie uh, where a narrator is describing. A, I don't know. It, it's it's again very abstract about her place in the world uh, and. As you uh, play through the game, you learn that there are little gestures you can do while you're watching this movie that open up different pathways to different puzzles. So, And as you do those puzzles, which are all extremely different, look completely different, sound completely different. Some look like yarn. Some look like one. There's one that looks like it's on someone's uh, skin. Uh, There's another where it's like tearing up. Uh, pieces of paper everyone looks completely different but it all springs from this initial little black and white movie that you watch so like there's one where uh there's a dial a picture of a dial in the movie and if you draw a square around it it launches a mini game and it, it once you complete that then you learn about another gesture you can do within it and each time you finish it finish one of these mini games um you're brought back to the main screen which is like a plant that is growing and branching out. Uh, and as you complete each of the branches, it unlocks other branches for you to explore. And it's very beautiful and haunting. And one of these that uses all the parts uh, of the phone in really interesting ways. I love games. There was another one like that that had like 99, it was called 99 maybe, or had 99 different like challenges in it like that. But like there's one where... Uh, these scraps of paper form a sort of abstract pong hmm. game, and you discover that moving the paddles you do with the volume buttons. So you're using huh. the volume buttons to actually move the That's paddles cool. back and forth. And th- there's little little stuff like that. Like one just opens up a chat screen, like an iMessage screen, where the per- person is messaging you in like indecipherable language, and you have to dis- figure out like what they want back and what you need to do. And there's like little hints hidden in other, when you complete other puzzles, there are sometimes hints for how to unlock different pathways in puzzles you've already completed. Mm -hmm. Like you'll see shapes where like, oh, if I arrange the scraps of paper in that way, it'll unlock a different pathway for me to go down. So it's very small and lovely. I've actually found myself like playing through it very slowly because I don't want to rush through it um uh because it's it, it very, so nice and lovely so it's called song of bloom on ios next week we are talking about one of the coolest games i have ever played there's a lot of skepticism from my 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 comrades here who have not yet played the game thought it was a joke when he said it they thought it was a joke but it's actually the best uh if you can Get it to run on your computer, which is not a guarantee because holy moly, does it take a lot of uh, power. Uh, And that game is Microsoft Flight Simulator. 
uh, in parenthetical, 2020 edition. Don't go out and buy the old versions. They're <laughs> very different games. Chris Plant told me it's very accessible. Within just a, a just one mere hour, I'll be in the sky. <laughs> imagine that you've never played a Which first-person shooter. Which compared to planes no. is good. Imagine you've never played sure. a first-person shooter, and then somebody is like, "Oh, you could learn how to play shooters for for the first time ever in an hour." Incredible. That's what that's what they've done. They've made it so that you can, you okay. A, a, okay. a common layperson can fly a real <laughs> Airbus. Wow, uh, you know, uh, you know what? Do you, you, you remind me of? I told Steffi about this game. And I was like, Steffi, I like, came out of my room like in a state, you know, covered in sweat, um, like I uh, wind like, hair. Yeah, like uh, I was like um, uh, Keanu Reeves in the Matrix when he comes out of the pod, and, like just you ripped off your goggles. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I was like, Steffi, Steffi, I need two thousand dollars to buy a flight stick <laughs> now. You won't believe it. The, the the entire world is in this game. I found our house. In this game, and she's like, "Uh huh." And then what? I was like, "That's that's it, I right? Like that's enough, it. right?" <laughs> no. Did you see yourself in your house playing Microsoft Flight Simulator? Because oh, if not, I, I did, and then it just kept going in and in and in. Oh I was like, God. "Ah, further, 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 further." <laughs> so next week's we'll be discussing Map Quest, <laughs> which also has the entire world in it. Monsters. Uh, so that'll be a fucking journey. Come on that journey with us, because I'm excited about the journey. If you've never played a flight simulator game, I would love to get two emails from you. <laughs> one before you play the flight simulator game, and one after you play the fi- flight simulator game. If you've never played it, that's the experiment I want to run. You can send that to mail at besties.fan. Or uh, you can send it to our Twitter at the besties yes. pod, because we all understand that Twitter is a little more usable. Two tweets. Two tweets. It's got to be two tweets replying to yourself, one before you play the flight simulator game and one after, because I want to see, I want us to all go on this transformational journey together. Hey, where can people listen to us? Uh, like can follow and listen for free on Spotify, which they know because they're hearing this right now, but they also can share the show. If you don't mind, uh, besties.fan is the link. Just say, hey, here's an interesting discussion about Rogue Legacy too. And uh, that's going to do it for us. So thank you so much for listening to the Besties. Enjoy. Be sure to join us again next week for the Besties. <laughs> Send the world's best friends. There he goes. Fly the world's best planes. It's a Spotify original podcast in association with Fox Media. The show is edited by Jelani Carter and produced by Ben Hosley. And our theme song is by Ian Dorsch. Besties!